podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast. Another away test match, another outing with a Kookaburra ball and another tough day in the field for England. New Zealand ended proceedings on 173 for three after rain called an early end to the first day in Hamilton. Tom Latham was the star of the show for New Zealand, notching his 11th hundred in test cricket after an England side with two changes from the first test. Chris Wokes in for Jack Leach and debutant Zach Crawley in for the injured Josh Butler opted to field first in seemingly helpful bowling conditions. I'm Yaz Rana and with me on the phone in Hamilton is the editor of the Wizard Almanac, Lawrence Booth. Lawrence, let's start with the team news. Josh Butler injured himself the day before the game, meaning that Zach Crawley, who averages just 31 in first-class cricket, was drafted into the team. And Ollie Pope, who's kept in just five first-class matches before today, was given the gloves. Should England have brought a reserve specialist keeper? Good question. It's one that's been uh, discussed at great length in Hamilton today, as you can imagine. I, I suppose in, in their defence, it's a two-test series. The rare for the, uh, the, the, the wicketkeeper to go down the day before the game. I and mean, had, had Butler been injured, say, on the last day of the, the first test in Mount Monganui, they might have had time to fly Johnny Bairstow out. Um, and the other point in, in England's defence is that Ed Smith did say when the squad was selected that Pope was the reserve keeper. But I think that, that statement was made. Uh, in the expectation that, that he wouldn't be needed. Um, I mean, Besto was here until three days before the first test in Mount Monganui because, of course, Joe Denley, uh, was, was un, it was unclear whether Denley would recover from his ankle injury. So, you know, it, it doesn't look good, does it, when, when a guy who's only kept wicked in, in five tests and is trying, to, in, sorry, in five first-class games and is trying to build a test career at number six is suddenly given the gloves and pushed down to seven. But that is uh, that is the way it's worked out. And, and in fact, he didn't, he didn't do anything wrong on the first day. He didn't drop any catches you barely notice them at all which is uh, which is probably the main thing you want from a wicketkeeper is Zach Crawley in your opinion the next best batsman outside of the England playing 11 who played in the first test match available to play for England uh, well he probably isn't but he's the he, he was the the next cap off this particular rank given the the, the, the squad they chose I mean you know Johnny Besto um, again uh, he keeps copying up in this conversation but he, he is the man who uh, you know, is pushing for a recall in South Africa. I'd be surprised if he didn't uh, get that that recall. Ben Folks, of course, can't get back in the team, um, and we probably could have done with him out here. There's, there's Moeen Ali kicking around at the moment, possibly waiting for a, a recall in South Africa. So no, I mean Crawley probably isn't high up that list, but uh, given the circumstances, he's he's got a chance, and and, it, and he'll he'll come in at six away from the new ball and um, a, a great chance for him to lay down a marker ahead of the, the four tests in South Africa and two in Sri Lanka. And then the other selection call today was no Jack Leach for England. England opting instead for a five-man pace attack. What do you make of that? Well, yeah, I mean, it is a five-man pace attack, but they, they went into it the expectation that Stokes... Stokes' knee wasn't at 100% and so it proved he bowled two overs before he flexed the knee and they're not quite sure how that's going to, to come up. So really they were going with four and a half bowlers, perhaps even four and a quarter uh, seamers, I should say. So it was made slightly in that expectation. The other, the other point about Hamilton is that, I mean, New Zealand isn't a good place for spinners in general. Hamilton is one of the worst place, places for spinners in New Zealand. It, it tends to swing here. So they're, they're their thinking was that Root and Denley could bowl a bit of spin if needed, and, and Root's test economy rate isn't that much worse than Leach's. It's it's 3.15 to, to Leach's 2.85, so that's not, that's not a huge difference there. 
And of course, Leeds didn't have a great game at Mount Monganui, 253, and two days out from this game, he got absolutely destroyed in the nets by Joe Root, which perhaps subconsciously that influenced the captain's thinking. So it doesn't look like a balanced team. That is the problem. And of course, if England face long spells in the field for the rest of the game, we'll say, where's a specialist spinner? But there was a logic to it, whether you agree with that or not. England opted to bowl first this morning. What do you make of that decision? Well, it seemed fair. Um, Kane Williamson said he'd have bowled first too. Uh, in New Zealand, generally speaking, captains aren't afraid to bowl first. I saw a stat, Andrew Sampson, uh, excellent statistician, tweeted that 55% of captains in New Zealand have chosen to bowl in, across history. And the next the next highest percentage was someone like um, 32. And it, uh, I can't remember where else that was. But So New Zealand is, is the place to bowl first. Mount Monganui wasn't that place. That wasn't a typical New Zealand pitch. It was, it was flat, slow, low. Um, and Root was uh, seduced to a degree by um, by a sort of a bit of live grass, as he, as he described it. So it, it didn't swing as much as they thought it would. Had they had a bit more luck um, or held that catch, had Stokes not dropped Latham on 66, had uh, Taylor been given LBW to Broad uh, on 25, England would have been more in the game, as it is 173 for three looks like the kind of score that you get if you chose to bat first on a good pitch. And how do you think England bowled today? Well, not bad. Um, uh, not not bad. I thought Curran was perhaps a bit too hittable. Um, he didn't quite get his line right, and Latham tucked in a couple of times. I thought I thought Broad was pretty good. Um, thought he had a, a big second wicket, Taylor, that would have made it 95 for three. Archer's pace w- was was good, especially in his second spell, where he was he was getting up towards 88, 89 miles an hour, and, and would have had Latham for 66 had Stokes not dropped the catch. Um, and, and Wokes was excellent Wokes hasn't had much practice out here but he was told on the morning of the game that he was playing ahead of Leach after Root looked at the pitch and, and, and bowled really well he, he got the big wicket of Kane Williamson for four then got Taylor uh, after after lunch for 55 um, so he, he's got he got two big ones and, and two very close LBWs against Latham one of them was given then overturned and one of them England reviewed both of them for pitch fraction outside leg stump so it wasn't a bad performance from England they just didn't quite get the rub of the green today they'll, they'll need all of the rub of the green I think if they're going to get back into this test thanks a lot Lawrence let's hope for better weather tomorrow fingers crossed cheers yes. I'm at the Wisden offices with Wisden's Taha Hashim Taha Tom Latham was outstanding today he looked really comfortable and confident all day there are a couple of close LBW shouts both just pitching outside leg stump you can see why England tried to bowl straight to him but more often than not he punished them I think from the sort of Start of his innings, he just looked so set. Um, the way he was leaving the ball, um, there were some sort of tight leaves, but sometimes when you know there's those tight leaves, you know that that person sort of lined up the ball perfectly. Um, there was a, a couple of amazing leaves on length that seemed really confident, so it didn't seem like he wasn't quite sure about the length of the ball. It was very much he knew, he trusted the balance yeah. on the pitch, and he was very comfortable leaving balls on length. Yeah, and I guess sort of... So many, so many of the times I sort of just looked up and, and saw him, and, and the ball on his pads, and he just clipped it, and he was just so comfortable like that. Um, he looked really comfortable in his in his defence um, forward as well. He just sort of from the start of his innings, he sort of just screamed like it just seemed like he was going to go to three figures. Um, when he was sort of when um, Kumar Dharmasena raised his finger uh, with him on forty nine, you know, first first instance it looked like it was pitching outside leg. And it would have just been sort of a shame if his inning stopped there. He was sort of, he was definitely going to reach his eleventh Test century today. I'm just looking at some of his numbers. He's 27 years old now, and but he's forging a really quite excellent Test career. 
he now averages around about 45 opening the batting in an era supposedly harder to open the batting than any 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 else. Um, he averages 60 in the last three years of Test match cricket. Since the start of New Zealand's last home summer, he has scored more runs in Test cricket than anyone in the world. He's only been out eight times. Steve Smith has only been out eight times in that same period, but Latham has 175 more runs than Steve Smith. He, he really is excellent. I mean, <laughs> these pods are at risk of sounding very repetitive over the mm. course of the two Test matches. We're just highlighting different New Zealand players who we say are underrated. But yeah. it's it's true. They're, they're, Latham in particular, I think, is it's, really excellent. It is true. It's that we don't really talk about the, these guys, I guess, because New Zealand never really sort of under the microscope. Um, but yeah, um, exceptional. I think if you look past, I think you know, we're just going to go into a sort of stats thing here. Um, but the past 12 months, I think he averages above 90, close to 100. A, a peculiar moment today. Ross Taylor has given out LBW off Stuart Broad. Uh, who gave us one of the all-time great celebrity appeals. Uh, <laughs> check it out if you've not seen it already. It looked dead, and after a while, Taylor opted to review. The first replay on Hotspot seemed to show him missing the ball, and the second one on Snicko showed a spike, but one not aligned with the image of the ball passing the bat. Third umpire, Bruce Oxenford, was happy that he'd seen enough evidence to overturn the decision. So do you think Oxenford was right to overturn that? Well, I think... Um what sort of just seems really strange is that you see the first his first viewing hotspot um and he says there's no visible mark then goes to rts um and he's happy with the fact that there's um a spike after the ball's passed about but then he goes back to hotspot and then says there is a mark and i mean having seen it quite a few times now can't really see what he's seen <laughs> we've closely so, examined so, it <laughs> yeah we closely looked at it quite a few times and not really sure what's going on there Simon Dool um, on commentary said that he thinks the sound picked up by Snicko was mm-hmm. Taylor scraping his back foot at the exact pretty much exact point but yeah, yeah I guess what confuses me more is the hotspot the mark suddenly appearing out of nowhere mm. the, just don't know where that mark's from yeah. um, and then it also being the fact that it's been giving out, given out on field um, for that to be enough for it to be overturned mm. um, just seemed a bit odd um, and I mean Stuart Broad was into his first fist pump before the thing had gone up. Um, so it was extra- he, genuinely extraordinary. No, wasn't you can imagine. I mean, it looked, it just looked plump. Yeah. You know, um, Ross Taylor probably looked like he was like, yeah, I oh, you know that's, that's the end of my day. But yeah, yeah I, I think that, yeah, I think New Zealand got away with that one, to be honest. Yeah. Taylor added 28 runs after that non, after that decision was overturned. <laughs> you can see your view on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We heard what Lawrence thought about the England bowling. How do you think mm. England bowled? I, don't, I mean, I don't think they bowled badly. I think, I guess, if we look at the fact that Latham's runs kept on coming through, you know, his clips through mid-wicket, mm. you could say that, yeah, they were just probably a bit too straight to him. Um, Chris Wokes in particular, I thought, was really good. Mm. Um, someone who, you know, gets so much stick for his poor overseas record. I thought he was... I guess Sam Curran was quite poor, I guess. Um, Joffre Archer sort of looked down on his pace, but then there was a, mo- you know, there was a brief moment. I mean, he had... Um, Latham dropped by Ben Stokes second slip um, and there was a brief sort of period where he was sort of cranking it up and, and it kind of looked like we're on for a, another sort of Archer special spell um, but that didn't really come to much but it's interesting that he does seem to be able to just literally switch on it was similar in the first test match where he wasn't anywhere near the top end of the speeds we saw over the summer but there was a brief period 
where he was quite angry actually and then he bowled two or three very very quick deliveries and today as well there there was there were overs where he was genuinely bowling at Sam Curran pace but then there was a little spell to Tom Latham where he was bowling high 80s uh, low 90s I guess the the kind of paces we we want to see from him yeah i mean i i i, I don't think england bowled bowled poorly but i guess it just seems very poor considering that they chose to bowl you know yeah um, that's that's probably what makes it seem a lot worse. You when you when you choose to bowl first, you don't expect that score line. It looks a good pitch, doesn't it? Yeah, and and from the start, there just didn't seem to be much movement. Um, quite slow. It kind of seemed that seemed an odd decision. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, the, the the forecast for tomorrow doesn't look amazing. Um, if there isn't any rain, we're due to start half an hour earlier than we did today, with the hope of getting ninety eight overs in. Um, thanks Tar we'll be back tomorrow for reaction to day two thanks for listening folks if you enjoy the show please tell your friends and if you're feeling extra nice please leave us a five star review on the podcast app you're choosing see you next time Podcast Network.